0: Today on Wine Access Unfiltered.
1: You know the World Series is different than than game number one hundred and forty out of one hundred and sixty-two, and so yeah, there, there's there's definitely nerves, uh, you know, pregame nerves, pregame jitters. And uh, Hank Aaron used to tell me that it's okay to be nervous, but don't be scared. As soon as the first pitch is thrown, or as soon as you take a strike or hit the ball, then then the
2: nerves uh, subside.
0: Welcome to the Wine Access Unfiltered podcast. Here we
2: are so happy to be back with you.
0: You know, as Tom Papa would have said, we made it. We made
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Man, what a- Look at you. Look
0: at us. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, for all of the craziness that was 2020, I, I we did start our podcast in 2020, yes. so it will always have a very special place in my heart. Same. Agreed. Lots well, of great one. We have a legend today, Dusty Baker, which uh baseball fans will of course know. Dusty spent many, many years as an outfielder and then moved his career to being a manager. So, um Played for the Dodgers, actually won a World Series for the with the Dodgers. Uh, but got to start with the Atlanta Braves. And today Dusty is a very multifaceted gentleman, in addition to being the manager for the Houston Astros. He also started Baker Family Wines, sort of in his backyard of Sacramento, not too far from us, Vanessa. Yep.
2: And I don't think he actually knows that we have a bottle of his wine. So that will, yeah, <laughs> that'll be a,
0: that'll be a it fun will surprise. will definitely
2: be a fun surprise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and delicious wines at that. I think, you know, these are wines that are, you know, tiny, tiny production. We are not officially drinking these wines the podcast today because, as everyone knows, and you know, Vanessa, we select our wines um, for our guests so that, you know, it sort of wraps into their story and, and ties into who they are. So he has an interesting story, as I mentioned, but also throughout his life, he was intertwined with, uh, with the Mandavi family. And he also notes Zinfandel as a favorite grape of his. And as a guy who's been drinking Napa Valley wines since the 60s, he's had a few. So this was a bit challenging on my part to to try to find a wine that he maybe hasn't had.
2: Well, I think the wines are always very thoughtfully chosen. But I think that you really nailed it um, with these selections today in terms of things that will be, you know, a fun sort of um walk through memory lane for him, hopefully, in terms of his his early days in Napa. And also, you know, hopefully surprise him with something that I think he'll like, but probably hasn't had.
0: The wines we chose are super tiny production. And I have to say, it was sort of a thank goodness moment for me when I went on the Wine Access site and saw that both were available. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank God. Because otherwise I was like, what am I going to select for this guy? He's like kind of had everything. Um, yeah. But Lo and behold, Wine Access, always there, always there for us. And uh, thank you. We got I got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be a great one. I'm ex- I'm excited to drink with him. I'm excited to hear some of his stories. I'm sure he's got a few. He's also, uh, I think we should remind everyone, he was a manager for the Cubs when Nomar Garcia Parra was playing. So hopefully we'll get a little story from him uh, about Nomar, but I don't want to push him too hard because we've got a lot to talk about. So if you're ready and I'm ready.
2: My uh, wines are open. I'm ready. Let's drink.
0: Dusty Baker on with us today. Dusty, you ready to drink some wine and have a little fun?
1: Yes, I am. I, I'm saying there's not a cloud in the sky. It's rained the last like four or five days, which, uh, which we needed. We needed the snow. So uh, it's cleared up today.
0: Yeah, where, where are you right now?
1: I'm in uh, Sacramento, California. I'm actually at West Sacramento which is uh, where where our uh, Baker family wines uh, are and uh, so and, and we share a, a common space next door uh, with bike dog brewery and so on one half of the the room we we serve wine and the other half we serve beer so we can uh, satisfy both people you know whatever they want. <coughs>
0: Does that satisfy you? Are you a beer and a wine guy or just Uh, wine?
1: Not really. You know, like I'm a one beer guy if it's real hot. And uh, uh, I'm a wine guy, which I'm not supposed to drink a whole bunch of wine because I'm a type two, you know, diabetic, even though I love it. Uh, So uh, I'm a, a, but, you know, I can drink most of it. They're just, uh, uh, I, I try to limit myself to two max and one most of the time.
0: Well, I think you're many things, including a scotch drinker. Uh, but I think most people will know you as a baseball legend, though you find yourself sitting in a winery. So we're going to have to eventually circle back to how you ended up in a winery, uh, despite having a, a very tenured career as a baseball player and a, and a manager. Um, I had the pleasure of getting to talk to you for our pre-interview. Normally, I don't I don't get to chat with our guests before that. Normally, that's that's Laura Koffer, Laura uh, who we love. But you and I discussed some of the things that got you into the wine industry, which is really how I made my wine selections today, and which I I, I hope you're excited about. Did you dig into them at all yet?
1: Yes, I'm telling you, I I I, I love them, even though I don't know them, you know, and I haven't. Oh, I, good. Yeah, and I haven't had them, and and uh, they're from the region that I should know them because I like I said, I grew up up here in Sacramento, and we went to Napa all the time, or at least the surrounding areas, and. Uh, I, I tried them. I mean, I mean, they're very, very good. I mean, they're different. they're I mean, they're different, yeah. but they're but they're great
0: well, i I like I said, I selected these wines because of the stories that you had told me. So we've got the two thousand and fifteen portfolio by Genevieve Jansen's, whose name will probably ring a bell for you and we'll circle back to uh, to why that is. And then also William Salem, uh, their two thousand and eighteen Zinfandel. You don't often hear. William Stallion associated with Zinfandel, more often frequently associated with Pinot Noir. They're interesting, the only, or I should say the first North American Pinot Noir to score 100 points from a, a major publication. But um, since you love Zinfandel and since uh, Mondavi was a, a crucial part of your story, I thought both of these wines would be fun to sip on with you today. Um, I want to back up and I hope you won't mind me pointing this out because I, I did the math uh-huh. Um and red uh <laughs> red you were born in 1949 correct? and you mentioned that you were kind of gallivanting around Napa Valley when you were uh sort of you know pre college college days about 18 which puts you at 1967 okay <laughs> which is right at the top of Napa Valley's renaissance right. and I would have died to have been around during that time. I mean, 1966, you got Robert Mondavi starting his winery. Uh, Heights is starting to become a a major, major player. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, just a few years after that, you've got the Judgment of Paris happening in 76. So my question to you as we back up into your history, what was it like gallivanting around Napa Valley in that time?
1: I'm telling you, I was really too young to drink. You know what I mean? Wait, actually? To math, do- yeah, exactly. <laughs> since you did the math. Yeah, uh, exactly. Since you did the math. But I was not only gallivanting, uh, you know, around uh, Napa Valley with some buddies whose father worked in uh, in Napa, in the Napa Valley. You know, we were also going to to concerts in San Francisco, you know, every weekend in Winterland and uh, Fillmore West, and we also went to uh, Monterey Pop Festival. That was my high school graduation present from my mom in 1967, So. You know, uh, um, uh, Hendrix and and uh, you know T Bone Walker and I think Mamas and Papas are there, Jefferson Airplane, all kind of things. And so, wow. so you know, we were just adventuring out. And uh, at the time, you know, then nobody really asked for IDs. And and I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't <laughs> a heck of a drinker. You know, I, I I didn't like drinking that much. My buddies liked to drink, and I did most of the driving. But you know, it, it was fun to go to Napa. Uh, it was fun to taste. Uh, like I said, even though I didn't I didn't drink that much, and uh it was free. You know, that was the thing. I yeah, mean, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know when they start charging for for tastings, but at that time, you know, it was kind of a free drunk. You know, you went from from <laughs> from one winery to the next. Ah, oh, I don't think I like that. You know, let me taste that one. Then you go over here to the next one, <laughs> then you go to the next one. So, you know, it was fun. You know, my parents didn't know a whole bunch about it, and I'm sure you probably did some things that your parents, uh, you know, didn't know about, but well, maybe they did, because uh. you know, I couldn't fool my dad. <laughs> you know, uh, he, at, at least he didn't say anything.
0: Did you eventually <laughs> tell him?
1: No, no. no. Uh, certain things I couldn't tell my dad. Because see, my dad, he, you know, he, you know, he never drank. I never saw my dad take a drink. Uh, he didn't smoke. You know, he didn't. He, he didn't do anything. Because, uh, but you know, I could tell. I could tell him Uncle CB, and I could tell. I probably told him Uncle Floyd. Cause you know you can tell your uncles <laughs> almost anything. Oh, that's and, right. And, uh, but, that's you know, what uncles are for? Yeah, that's what they're for. But there's some things you, well, oh, a lot of things you can't tell your dad, but you can tell your uncles everything. And and actually, I use that in my, in my uh, managing style, uh, you know. And as a coach, um, I, I urge my coaches to to get close to the players. Uh, I urge the players to get close to the coaches. Uh, and and I always had a diverse staff where they can, you know. Uh, um Feel like they could talk to somebody on the staff you know i always mm. had somebody latin somebody black somebody uh, country from the south uh, somebody you know you know you know sophisticated college guy that can you know talk to one guy or the next and uh see i was a coach for five years with the giants and uh, uh i urged uh, you know i got close to my players but once i became the manager uh, they told me most things, but not everything. But as a coach, they, they told me almost everything.
2: Was it hard to forget the things that you already knew? Uh, no, not really. You know, uh,
1: (laughs) no, it wasn't hard because like I, I told them, you know, I don't have a bunch of rules, but one of my main rules is don't lie to me, you know, because there's a, there's a good role. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't have a bunch of rules because somebody has to enforce the more rules you have. And, uh, and and I would always tell them, hey man, don't lie to me because there's a good chance that I tried what you're already about to try, or, <laughs> or, <laughs> or my friends have tried it. You know, I couldn't tell everything on myself. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, those are just some of the rules that I had and some of the things that I learned along the way. So,
2: so I, I'm curious. Go ahead. Oh. I was gonna say, so you just going back to when you were in Napa. So it sounds like you were mostly the designated driver then, um, and not so much in, into drinking wine. But so was there was there a distinct moment you remember when that changed?
1: Uh, I don't know. You know, something that really changed probably a few years later when I when I was um, playing. I think I was, might have been on the Braves then, and uh, Big Willie Stargell was on first base. And like I said, I was on the Braves with Hank Aaron. I just came from his his uh, services, you know, two days ago. So if I sound a little sad, you know, that's that's exactly how I feel at this moment. He was my mentor and my hero. But anyway, every time I was on first base, uh, Willie Stargell would always come up and ask me, "Had I had this wine?" And I didn't. I, and of course, I'd, I'd say no because I knew he was gonna give it. <laughs> he was gonna give me something after the game, and so. Uh, you know, Willie was from, um, Willie was from uh, Oakland, actually, he's from Alameda, and so okay. Willie had spent a lot of time in Napa, and uh, you know, like it, uh, he, he was always drinking wine after the games, and so I'd go over to his house after the game, you know, we, and he'd ask me, Okay, have you ever had this one? I'd say, No, of course, and then he would tell me, Oh, well, you know, this year. 1972. It rained a lot in Napa. And so the the grapes didn't do this and do that. And then we drink some more from 1975 vintage. And he'd say, well, you know, that was a dry year and the grapes are is a great year for grapes. And so that's 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 how I got into um, really got into wine.
0: So you were on an opposing team and yet you befriended another player over over wine?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but he wasn't just another player. I mean, he was Big Willie Stargell. And, uh, uh, you know, Big Willie and, and Roberto Clemente were the stars of the team. He was an all-star. Like I said, he was from Alameda. We had a lot in common, uh, you know, being from California. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I'd go back east every year. Uh, you know, he had a, a bowling tournament, which, uh, which would raise money for sickle cell anemia. And guys would fly in from all over the, the country, including the uh, the uh, you know the uh, Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers that that were there. Uh, I'm sure you I'm sure you know them being from Philadelphia. And then sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh you know some of the um, uh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins would you know would show up, and you know we'd stay there for four or five days, and and I taste some you know some more wine.
0: Do you think that kind of thing still exists today with the the baseball community? Do you see that kind of camaraderie between between players like that? Yeah,
1: I think so. I think you even see more now because then mm. you know, then you know, uh, uh, you, you know, you weren't supposed to fraternize, you weren't supposed to uh, get to know the opposition because they say if you get to know him, then you won't you won't play him as hard, or you won't knock him down, or you won't fight against him. And you know, then it was a lot, a lot more violence in the game than there is now and i think i think that now uh there's probably even more guys getting together uh because guys change teams you know back then they didn't change teams and uh so you know you might be on on this team this year and then 3 years later you're on another team and so or like in the case of my son that goes to cal uh you know there are all-star teams there are teams that play uh in the summertime like he was in the cape cod league and so and so he met guys from boston college or you know, UCLA or wherever they were on the same team. So these guys end up being, uh, you know, lifelong friends, you know, from a very young age.
2: Well, I I know you and Amanda spent some time on the phone um, already, so you probably know this about her. And if you don't, you know, she has a performing background, um, as do I. And so I'm just curious... You know, before performance, there's definitely a, you know, this sense of of nerves or anticipation, you know, that can be either sort of, you know, it can be overwhelming or it can kind of just be energizing. And I'm just curious from your perspective, like, what do you feel like before a game? Do you have that kind of nervous energy, like a performance?
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, the magnitude of the game adds to it. You know, the World Series is different than than game number one forty out of 162. And so yeah, there, there's there's definitely nerves. Uh, you know, pregame nerves, pregame jitters. And uh Hank Aaron <clears throat> uh, used to tell me that it's okay to be nervous, but don't be scared. And uh as soon as as soon as the first pitch is thrown, or as soon as you take a strike or hit the ball, then then the nerves uh subside and, and at that time you were back in the, uh, being a kid, you know, you're back at, at, at playing in the backyard. I mean, and you got to tell yourself that, 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 you know, you have to love the game and play it as if you're, you're a kid. And, um, so, you know, nerves can help you, you know, just as long as you're not nervous too long.
0: <laughs> yeah. I always loved having a little bit of, of nerve if I always felt like it wasn't it wasn't a good thing if I didn't have some Correct. nerves that meant Same. I wasn't excited. I
1: agree with you. I mean, big yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have you gotta have that excitement. You know, I mean, you know something? The thing that I missed the most, because there's a few years I was out of the game, like six years, uh at at two years at a time, three different times, was I missed the the nervous energy of of the national anthem and people ask me, you know, you know, what'd you miss? I didn't miss pregame. I didn't miss postgame, you know, doing the interviews. I didn't miss any of that. I missed the national anthem, not for the national anthem itself necessarily, but I knew that when the national anthem ended, you know, your shoulders are kind of starting to shrug and you're, you're moving around and you can't be still. And it's like, okay, uh, now we got three hours worth of not being critiqued until the end of the game or, and, and just playing the game as if you, you were a kid.
0: Yeah. We, we've talked to, um you know, a few different athletes along the way. And I think one of the things we've, we've hearkened back to as it relates to wine is this, this notion of like being on the, on the court or being on the field. And like, you know, it's just, it's that time that's the most fun it's the time that like you know people get to see you shine but it's that's all right. the work that you sort of did in anticipation of that so great you know when that national anthem uh ends and and you like that's your time to just like let it go
1: showtime you know showtime what I mean? Op-
0: open the wine and pour it it's all over oh, shouting
1: now oh, oh yeah go ahead girl <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, and how much does the the crowd influence how much did it influence you you know i think like sitting sitting in the in the crowd you think like oh they're going to hear me if i'm yelling words of encouragement or i'm heckling someone but how much do you actually hear them when you're out there
1: well you know something you hear them before the game and you uh, usually don't hear them that much during the game but every once in a while there's a voice that cuts the crowd every once in a while there was this guy in new york he was in the upper deck when i was playing And he's the only voice that I could hear. He was all over my butt the whole game. And uh, usually i like, why do I hear this guy? But you know something? That was a very good question because what we missed last year was uh, the uh, the energy and the crowd noise. And uh, that's, I mean, that was different. I heard, uh, I heard, um, uh, was it Brady or one of the quarterbacks saying that, man, he could hear somebody in Minnesota. He could hear him. um, uh, uh Rogers he said he could hear somebody on the sideline talking you know what i mean and yeah. he and he never heard him before or or this year i said something to a player on another another team i cursed and uh uh you know you could you know there was a boom mic right next to the dugout and the whole world heard me including my mom and i got a call right after the game and she's like <laughs> what i tell you about Cursing on TV. I said, "Mama, I didn't curse again." Yes, you did. I heard you, and she heard me. And so, (laughs) you know, the thing. Uh, um, you know, you miss the, you know, the, you know, the crowd, uh, noise. Um, But last year with the Astros, we didn't really miss the booing that was that was going to be, uh, uh, you know, that was anticipated was going to be because of the 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 scandal in Houston. And so, uh, I think our 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 young guys, especially. You know, escaped that because if you've never been booed before, and most of these guys probably never have, you know, they've only had, you know, cheers and adulations, and then it affects, um, you know, some people, uh, you know, differently. You know, some people it motivates them, it motivates them, but I think the, the average person it probably deflates them.
0: As a manager, I can't imagine that was an easy situation to walk into. Was there a a talk that you had with the players was there a sort of daily motivations how did you handle well, that
1: you know something uh you know baseball' a daily game and you can talk too much you know and after a while guys t- uh, tune you out you know you can't talk every day because you got to come up with new material every day sure. <laughs> you know you know which is, which is <laughs> tough but you know like in the beginning uh i just uh tell them hey man you know people make mistakes. We've all made mistakes. You know, we, we haven't all been caught at our mistakes, but we've all made mistakes. And I, and, and I asked the world, uh, for their sake, because I wasn't there, you know, you know, to give them forgiveness because, uh, everybody, uh, yearns for forgiveness, but very few people give it. And, and, you know, one of my, um, one of my worst traits most of my life, because I had an auntie who used to tell me all the time, she goes, nephew, you know, you can't hold grudges, you gotta forgive and this and that. And I'm like, sure, auntie. And I never really until a few years ago learned how to, you know, kind of, kind of forgive. You know, cause, you know, because it eats you up. It doesn't eat up the person that that that's 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 on you. So that's what I urge the world and I urge them to you gotta put on your big boy pants. I mean, when you when you do something wrong, you know, you gotta own it. And uh you know, go out and perform and and everything heals in time. It, it doesn't seem like it, you know, because there are some times I went through in my life, man, I didn't think I was ever going to get a, you know get away from it, or but everything heals in time, and um, every problem's the worst problem uh in your time and in your life until the next problem comes along and And the one thing I've learned in my 70 years is how you how you deal with the, you know how you deal with the problems. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. So. I was on my, my Vanessa, you'll appreciate this. I was on the Peloton the other day and one of the instructors said, you've gotten through a hundred percent of your
2: worst days. Nah. And I was like, I was like, that I, is so true. <laughs> I've taken that ride. It was yeah. Robin, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I took that ride like last yeah,
0: week. Yeah.
1: And see my wife yeah. just got a Peloton about a, about a month ago.
0: She's going to start <laughs> throwing some good quotes out there, I think. Okay. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. I thought I thought that was kind of revelatory I was like wow I'm 34 years old I've never heard that before but it is true um <laughs> I want I want to circle back to uh, to to Willie and um, so you're you're playing DD and Napa you're hopping around to all the tasting rooms getting a little taste of this and that and then you know Willie starts opening these bottles and sort of talking you through it was there an an epiphany bottle an aha moment or was it a, a gradual uh, sort of interest that you took in wine. I mean, you're sitting in a winery right now. So I think right, everybody right. knows the end, end of the story, or at least the point that you're now is eventually Dusty Baker owns a winery. So how do we get from A to B? Well,
1: in between there, you know, there was some Spagnata, there was some Boone's Farm, there was some Gallo, there was some, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, on the way. And then I
0: we I think we've all had that along the way. Oh, we've yeah. all
2: had
1: those. Oh yeah. and there were some moments when I over in those some some sick some sick moments, you know? So that's 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 you know, we go from Napa to to what we could afford in college. You know what I'm saying? And so um uh MD2020, you know, uh, you are probably not old enough to have those. But
0: I've, I I know it. I'm familiar with it. Okay,
1: but anyway, I, I went from that to um I don't know where I uh, I went to along the way. And then uh, when I was with the manager of the Giants, it was after my playing days, after the manager of the Giants, um, I met uh, Mr. Phil Greer, who was the uh, part owner of the Giants. And Mr. Greer was best friends with Michael Mondavi, uh, uh, and and their kids, their grandkids. I think Mr. Greer's grandkids and Michael's kids went to the same school. And so, uh, Mr. Greer introduced me to Michael, and then they uh, he asked me would I want to join, you know, their staff, and would I want to go to, uh, you know, uh, you know, to dinners with some of their distributors, and, uh, and I said sure, and he offered to pay me some money, and I said heck yeah, and then he even offered better. even better, <laughs> and, and then he then he offered uh, uh, as part of my contract uh, uh, my coaches. Uh, I take them to every other dinner. You know, they got a, a case of wine every other month. I got a couple of cases of wine, you know, from their uh, stable of wines. And then um, I went to dinner with the uh, uh, distributors like Canandaigua, like uh, um, uh, Southern Wine and Spirits uh, in different parts of the country, in New York, Florida. And uh, so... Then Mr. Greer and, and Michael offered to take me uh, fishing because I love to fish. And so he had some exquisite wines. We went up to the God Boot River, which was uh, uh, in Quebec. And uh, we, we fished up there. And then I think we fished another time in, in, uh, in Montana. And then I really got into the wines when I um, moved to Sacramento. I moved to Sacramento. Uh, I had met a guy named Rodney Rodney Williams, who was in charge of of selecting the wines for me from from the Mondavi stable, and uh, you know he's a he's a you know he's a real tall, you know good looking black man that's now with uh, I think he's in Cavassier in New York, and so um, I, I was building a house in Sacramento. One thing led to another. I wanted to build a pond in my backyard, and I had an extra two acres. But it was on a slope. So I asked my insurance man, he goes, hey, man, this is uh, no, that's a bad idea. You know, you're going to flood your neighbors with a good rain. And I'm like, well, that ain't a good idea. So I was like, what am I going to do with this? So I asked Rodney, I said, Rodney, I said, do you know somebody that can help me pick out my rootstock, help me, you know, do my wires, my poles, uh, you know, help me learn how to grow wine? I mean, grapes. And, um, uh, you know, my dad, you know, we always had a garden. Uh, my dad was a, his second job was a gardener. I always had a, uh, you know, I have a garden that, you know, right now with onions and garlic and, and collard greens and mustard greens, purple. And I grow all kind of stuff. And so I can grow anything. And so anyway, um, uh, I met Chick Brenneman and, uh, I think Chick was with at the time he was, uh, down in Lodi, uh, at, 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 at Woodbridge down there. And so we start talking, boom, he came up, helped me, showed me what to do. He did it. I got some other guys and then I was off the ball and then, you know, he, you know, he saw after it when I got home in the winter, you know, I saw after it and, uh, then I was, uh. He taught me how to prune, how to pinch, how to you know when to put the ladybugs out because I put some ladybugs out and they flew off. <laughs> I swear I brought it like a thousand ladybugs right because I had these, yeah I had, these, I had these leaf hoppers and stuff on my I'm like so yeah. so I put them out in the middle of the day and the next day they were all gone and I'm like I'm like man what happened so chicks is dusty you don't put them out in the middle of the day you put them out in the evening at night and they will feel at home. So I went out and bought a thousand more <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, uh, only about, only probably a hundred, a couple hundred flew off. And I still got those ladybugs, you know, they, I don't know where they come from, where they show up. And so, you know, um, uh, you know, he was teaching me how to, you know, when to water, when to turn on the water, uh, you know, like you, uh, you cut the, you know, the North side, uh, you know, when you're, Pull the leaves off, and then the south side you Mm -hmm. leave it for the sun because you'll Mm -hmm. you'll have raisins. And so
0: you're doing it all. You're like in it. I'm trying.
1: And then I and then I pre-pruned a couple days ago, and so and then Chick is coming over tomorrow, and we're gonna finish the pruning because because I, you know, he tells me don't cut off too much. You know what I mean? (laughs) He says, okay, go to the second bud. You know what I mean? So
0: for those for those who are listening, pruning sounds you know. like a no big deal thing right it
2: sounds like yeah. nothing and then you go do it i don't Vanessa, have you ever pruned before me i have and it's 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 difficult and i got really nervous that i was yeah. gonna yes. mess something up thank yeah. you it's like giving somebody a haircut right. and like yes ruining their lives for forever
0: and not only that it's terrifying see
1: i got bad hands from playing baseball and and at the end of pruning my hands are so sore <laughs> I, I'm serious. Yeah. I can't even. I can't even brush my teeth because 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 my hand. You know, I'm right hand dominant, and yeah. uh, uh, man, I mean, I, I'm getting my hand ready for the morning. You know, you know, finish pruning. But
0: anyway, yeah,
1: yeah. But anyway, well,
0: off the record, you need a little CBD CBD lotion. I I got it. I got oh. CBD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, because I use Vitalibus because that's I'm part Terrific. of that country too. I mean, yeah. I mean that company too. So, oh yeah, the CBD that's- works great. I, yeah, I, I, I love CBD. Go ahead, girl.
2: Oh, I was gonna say, I'm <laughs> impressed. That's that's hard work, and the fact that you're actually doing everything yourself is is really impressive. Well, um, I think
1: if you don't do, it, who's gonna do it? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, you know. Well,
2: well, you, you could hire somebody.
1: Actually, yeah. well, I got a guy. You know, something <laughs> I hate. I hate weeds. That's what I hate, and I hate weeding because that was my job as a kid. You know, I do have some. Yeah. Uh, you know, some Mexican uh, workers. My my. My main man, uh, you know, comes over able, and uh, you know, sometimes he brings his wife. And uh, I, I mean, I'm so impressed. He's actually coming over tomorrow to help me. Uh, but uh, 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 you know, when they were t- trying to extradite, you know, a lot of the Mexican uh, uh, laborers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from different parts of the country, that was the worst mistake because I got I got mad love for. You know, for the Mexican workers. I mean, these are the hardest mm-hmm. working people that I know. Uh, you know, my cousins, I got a cousin that's that's Mexican. I got a cousin that's half black, half Mexican. My uncle Floyd, my cool uncle, married my <laughs> married my uh my auntie Maria. You know, she's from Colima de Colima. Uh, no, Colima, Colima. And so uh, I got I got love whenever I go down to Napa, and I'm I see all all my people out there working, and and how much work that is. Because I'm telling mm. you, man, my back's hurting when I get through. My neck is hurting. I never thought my neck would hurt from looking up. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh. I think,
2: I think also harvesting. It seems so romantic, and um, you do it for about twenty minutes, and woof, that is that's yeah. that's some intense. But harvesting, back pain right but there.
1: harvesting is is actually. Easier, I think, than almost than, than any of it. The only thing is, see, when chick leaves stuff on the vine, see, I want to pick everything because I want as much because I only got 110, <laughs> you know, 110 vines, so I'm trying to get everything I can off of the, off of these trees, so off of these vines. So when chick leaves like like uh, grapes on the vine, you know, because the bricks aren't right or either they have mold, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, we had we had a. We had probably our worst mold year uh, um, of all time, and I still we got a record harvest. And so, hmm. um, it's, it's you know my wife comes out when I'm home during the summer and brings me. If you don't get out, if you don't get out there by, ooh, if you don't get out there by six thirty seven, by 11 yeah. eleven, it is smoking hot in, in Sacramento, yeah. and then you can't go back out till probably four thirty five o'clock maybe. And then work
0: till yeah. dark. Yeah. Well, Van- Vanessa, next time you want to harvest, just let me know because I think you've been doing it wrong. I always on harvest bring coffee and champagne. What? Regardless of regardless of what time oh, in yeah. the morning it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I find it really helps to ease the process. See,
1: see, I'm not a, <laughs> see, I'm not a champagne guy.
0: Oh, my. I was going to ask you what you drank for the the, when you won the World Series. So it wasn't champagne.
1: Uh, Well, I kind of let it pour over my head. But no, (laughs) I swear
2: I'm not. It's not the way I like to enjoy it.
1: (laughs) But no, no, but I've I've never liked uh, champagne. I've tried, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like it's just some people love it, you know. And yeah. like, yeah. Oh, us, yeah.
2: you're talking to us. them, <laughs> oh, yeah. and
1: Polly's here. You are uh, talking
2: to those people, <laughs>
1: yeah. And Chick's wife, Polly's, uh, she's raising her hand over here, her thumbs up over here. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: uh.
0: so no champagne for you, but uh, but we do have two red wines, which mm-hmm. hopefully you've been mm-hmm. sipping on. Uh, the one that I had alluded to before sort of harkens back to your Mandavi story, it says mm-hmm. the 2015 portfolio, and I'm so excited that you. Said you haven't had either of these wines because I was like, I, I sort of took a gamble with this, knowing your Mondavi story. Um, you and I had a conversation about all the different producers that you love and the classics in Napa Valley, everything from Silver Oak to Camus and Nickel and Nickel and, right. and Hill Family. And, um, you know, it sort of left me with limited options, uh, to work Why? with, knowing no, that. Come um, on. Well, you know, I always – we always like to sort of select things that, you know, people haven't had or maybe have a great story. Great. Um, and and I thought this would be really interesting because uh, of your connection with Madavi. So Portfolio, which I actually didn't know until Eduardo uh, mm-hmm. from Wine Access, also who you mentioned before from the Napa Valley Register yes. – um, he brought this wine in for Wine Access and this is from Jean-Vierre Janssen's who was the, uh, one of the original winemakers at Mondavi. So, Correct. made Opus One uh, and then also took over, I think, as head winemaker in 97. Yeah. Um, so, this is her own project coming from two really, really special vineyards, one being the Hendry Vineyard, very, very classic vineyard and then the Diedert, uh, I think it's the Dieter East Block
2: right. um,
0: in Oakville, which is the Oakville Bench, sort of, uh, we, we say adjacent to the and Vineyard but really, uh, historically speaking, one of part of the original Tocolan vineyard. Wow. So a teeny, teeny, teeny part of, um, you know, of Napa Valley, but, a, and a very small production. Um, but a wine that I thought might, you know, Well, I, have see. Fun with it I, mean, and, I see. I mean, I see they,
1: I mean, they, they have 250 cases. I mean, they're, they're kind of like a wine out of my own heart. Cause that's how, yeah. you know, we have small lots as well. And uh, I, I, um, I love it. I, I was like, man, this is—I mean, this is outstanding. And see, uh, you know, I'm—I'm I'm sitting here. I was reading down, yeah, uh, the the sheet that you gave me, and uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, well, heck, man, we doing pretty good because we use, uh, you know, you know, Seguin and Rodu Rodue barrels right behind me. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. It's yep. like, I was like yeah, and the people come in. They're like, "Man, you got French oak barrels? How much do they cost?" I like none of your business. So, <laughs> 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 but uh,
2: they're expensive.
1: Oh yeah, but hey, but hey, if you want good wine, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta That's right. do some investment. That's right.
2: Use good ingredients.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Does it well, does it remind you of the wines from yesteryear? From the I think there's sort of a classic sort of style to this wine It kind of, you know, I obviously was not around in the Mm sixties and seventies, but I've had my fair share of, of older Napa Valley wines. And there is sort of a, a, we call it, you know, classic now, but I think there is sort of a restraint and sort of classic style to this wine that,
1: you know, to the nose. Yeah. You know, to the nose, is kind of like, you know, I can smell red fruit, uh, you know, some vanilla possibly Mm -hmm. and, and maybe some caramel, um, this is, uh, and in the mouth, which I just had, you know, I taste, um, tannins, you know, in the mid palate, got a little cola to it and, um, you know, some genuine red fruit, you know, yeah. at the finish. So this is, uh, yeah. I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah. Good choice.
2: Oh, good. Yeah. Thanks. Hearing you describe the wine in, 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 your glass, it just makes me wonder, you know, I think a lot of times we, um, we talk to consumers or we say like, Oh, how did you learn how to describe wine? Cause you know, mm-hmm. someone like you'll, you'll say it. And then I, and then I taste it, you know, but like, how did you learn? And it's something right. that I don't know, Amanda, if you get asked this question too, but I'd like to actually ask, ask that question of you. How did you learn yeah. how to, how to really well, describe the wines that you're tasting? actually,
1: you know, like, uh, you know, from talking to chick, he says, use your senses. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, I have very keen senses. I mean, uh, uh As I get older, it seems like i got my senses get better you know i mean I, great. oh I mean I can hear a pin drop you know sometimes <laughs> i see too uh, I'm serious sometimes I see too much and I can smell i can uh, you know i can uh, i can like i said i can hear uh my eyes are probably the worst of my senses right now, but I wear glasses for a reason, but mm-hmm. you know that's how i uh and, and from talking to chick you know he's taught me so much. Um, you know about you know sometime he'll give me a um um a quiz he'll say, Well yeah. dusty, what is this? you know like we'll come mm-hmm. up with a new varietal or a new blend, and he'll say, Well, what do you taste mm. and I was like hmm, uh, I taste this or I taste that and uh you know um you know when I think of you know when I read about uh you know some of these that you picked out for me, um, they're kind of changing, um, in the middle of the stream kind of, you know, yeah. you, you, know what they've been known for, for, for a long time. Cause you know, I can study anything and, and, and if you, and, and if you give me something to read, you know, uh, I, I can, I can usually read it and I can usually remember it, but I tell you, I like Zens. I like Zens a lot. You know, we yes. have a couple of Zens. You know, you know from Russian River, and uh, you know I like Russian River Zins. Uh, to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. but uh, how do you say that? Uh, Kalan? for
0: the the wine. Yes. Uh, William William
1: Yes, yeah, I've never been there. And uh, where is it located?
0: The winery itself, I think, is in. In Russian River, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the original winery because they've been around since the '80s, but they're 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 fairly historic, um, and they're really known for Pinot Noir. The Zinfandel is a, a teeny teeny sliver of what they do, um, which is you know you had mentioned that you're a big Zin guy, and when I saw. Wine Access hat still had a little of the Williams-Silliams <laughs> Zinfandel. I snagged it for us. I don't think the team was super thrilled with me about no. that. No, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling
1: you, they only had 250 cases. You guys got 14. You guys got 14 <laughs> of them, right?
0: Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> um, so so yeah, I mean the the Zinfandel, I think you know was something that we wanted to share with you because again, like you know, you've you've been drinking wine from California for decades now. And I was like, well, shoot, like, what am I going to give this guy? He's probably had everything. Um, So I figured maybe, maybe this would be something that hadn't hadn't graced your table yet. Well, it
1: hadn't. And you know, something I, it has soft tannins, which I like. And, and it has kind of a, like a black, you know, you know, pepper, like a lingering, lingering um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, finish, spice finish
0: that black pepper yeah. that's that's textbook for zinfandel right
2: yeah and really yeah. Ju- just juicy texture i huh?
1: guess i mean you guys yeah. know more than me you know what i mean i just like what i what i like i like what i what i taste uh, you know chick is, uh, has taught me you know price isn't uh, price point isn't you know the deciding factor the deciding factor is if you like it you know what i mean and 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 i like what i like and it's hard to convince me that that I don't like it, you know.
2: <laughs> How's that? Well, so speaking of Zinfandel, I actually I have a bottle of your wine. So this is Walk Off Red Wine and Zinfandel and Syrah. So tell Correct. us how how did you come to decide that you wanted to to blend Zin and Syrah together?
1: First, I first I had to give my daughter and my son in law some uh, some credit because they you know they designed the label for us, and uh, so. You know how we decided on on, on that, and uh, like, you know, 2016, you know, was a good year for for both varietals. You know, a good year for Syrah and a good year for for Zinfandel. And and 2017 wasn't that good a year uh, separately, but they were. It was a good year as a blend. And uh, and Chick uh, had told me, he says, Dusty, what do you think about this? And you know, he runs up everything by me, even though he's the expert and him and Polly, I mean, I'm still learning. And so uh, he says, "Uh, I said, man, I like that. And he goes, "Uh, he says, uh, what do you want to name it? I said, I don't know. You know, like we, you know, we got Dusty's Vineyard. We got, we got, uh, you know, Hank Aaron 755 and our calves. And so I said, uh, I don't know how we came up on the walk off. Oh, he told me he said, "Dusty, you were the king of the walk-off," and and mm. uh, um, and, uh, and Polly says, "Well, what's a walk-off?" And I said, "Well, that's when you walk them off, whether by a walk or a hit, a home run or whatever, and it's called uh, walk-off red. That means that we won the game." And uh, and this year during the playoffs, um, uh, my shortstop Carlos Correa, you know, he walked them off with a homer. In, uh, in Minnesota. And so his, the first thing out of his mouth is, where's my wine? I says, what are you talking about? <laughs> so <laughs> I had to go right in my office once I got back home and give him his, uh, his first bottle of walk-off red.
0: Wow. Well, that's that's a, a fitting gift, I guess. If you if you hit a homer and get a walk-off, you should definitely get a bottle from Dusty Baker, right? That uh, seems natural.
1: Uh, hey, man. Uh, Obviously. Hey, I'm for it. Uh, I'm going to try to have a whole bunch of walk-offs <laughs> in my office this year.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah. So the season, season's going to be starting soon, right? Like in a matter of weeks.
1: It's supposed to. It's supposed to start. You know, COVID's going to have a whole lot to say about it, actually. Yeah. You know, and it appears that it's kind of, might be getting worse in some areas, and our spring training is, is in Florida. Uh, the, the rest of the a lot of the team spring training is in Arizona, and and both of those places are are open. You know, the the, yeah. the, the bars are open, the restaurants are open. So I'm hoping that, you know, we uh, we get something done here uh, pretty soon. Uh, actually, I got my shot about uh, two weeks ago, and I'm getting my my second shot uh Friday. So just just trying to be prepared and, and and safe as I can.
0: Well that's I mean, that's all any of us that can do, right?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. You um, you know, you you've had a very interesting career as a as a player and then as a manager and now you're um you've got multiple things going on. I, I don't think it should be ignored that throughout all of this you started a, a completely different company which is Baker Family Wines. Um you had three years, I think between, um, between when you were managing the nationals and what you're doing now at the Astros, uh, were you primarily focusing on, on the vineyard and on the, on the business, on the wine business in that, in that time?
1: Yeah, I was focusing on, um, you know, every time I've lost a job, something positive has happened in my life, even though it might be negative, like, 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 you know, one year, the first year my dad died and I was home, you know, for that. He he died of dementia. So I was with him his last days and then my daughter and then my brother uh, uh, and then my son graduated from high school and then uh, my brother died two years ago. And so all those things, I was, you know, I was home for it. And um, even though I wanted to be at ball, you know, maybe the Lord didn't, I wasn't supposed to be, and uh, I mean, so, and so, um, you know, I'm I'm happy to be back in, you know, back in ball now, and uh, also, you know, they they called me back, and so yeah. I'm, i I mean, a lot of times you wonder why your your course of life is one way or the other. Well, some of it's destined, and uh, and if it is, then you know it's it, it's best that you follow it and and don't fight it.
0: Did you think that was, that was it? I mean, this last time, did you think, you know, I'm done. I'm going to be doing the wine thing for a while. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really did think that was it. And, uh, because there were no openings. Number one, especially I didn't want to go to a team that was being rebuilt. I had done that a bunch of times and I was like, I don't have time to rebuild a team, you know, and there aren't many people hiring somebody 70 years old, you know what I mean? And they're, they're our country is trying to get, you know, some of the elderly people out. I mean, long before they should, because you still have a good mind and you still have something to, you know, to offer people and offer, you know, offer young people. And uh, so I really didn't No, I, I, I didn't even think about it because I, I did interview with Philadelphia and they uh, went with Joe Girardi, who's, who's a friend of mine, said, OK, no problem. And then uh, my son and in his infinite wisdoms 20, 20 years old. He's like, Dad, maybe the Lord didn't want you to have that. And the next thing I know, here comes Houston, and um, uh, and that's how that's how it happened. But in between there, see, so yeah, i always um, you know, Hank Aaron always you know had businesses. I think he had like twenty Popeyes chickens, and he had a, a Krispy Kreme, and they also had a BMW store, and you know. Him being my hero and and an idol, you know, he and Joe Morgan always had a business, and so uh, you know, and my dad always had, you know, a, a, a side business. So that's that's when I got into wines first, and then I also started Baker Energy Team because I'm I'm a no nuke, I'm a I'm an alternative energy uh, guy, you know. When I built my house, I put I have solar panels. Um, you know, behind my vineyards, I have ground mounts, I have roof mounts, I have a carport mount in the back, I have instant hot water, thermal hot water, I got a, a solar pool, solar well. So I, I really, you know, enjoy that part of of trying to leave a, a a better carbon footprint, you know, you know, for my kids' kids. Cause being a hunter and a fisherman, you know, I've gone to Alaska during those times when I was off. I've seen the you know, the, the, the glaciers melting. I've seen the, you know, the uh, not as many fish, uh, you know, coming up to the fish hatchery here in Sacramento where I live. I grew up on the river. And so, uh, you know, those are two of my passions outside of, outside of baseball with Baker Family Wines and also with Baker, Baker Energy Team. And, uh, you know, people ask me, hey, man, how much longer are you going to work? Well, my dad always told me to maximize your time. And, uh, you know, when I saw my dad die of dementia, um, and, and I got a couple of relatives that had Alzheimer's, um, so I'm trying to, trying to water it off by staying busy and, and, and staying, staying focused on, on, on living.
0: Well, I think you're doing a fabulous job of that.
2: Uh, Yeah, no, I was going to say like, so do you think like, is there any part of you that that wants to retire that's you know, is, is ready to just kind of kick back? Or do you think you'll just keep, well, keep learning, keep, yeah, keep working?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not going to work in baseball forever. I, I know that. And, I, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit ways away from winning 2000 and, and I need a championship and to be the first African-American, uh, uh, manager to, you know, to win 2000. Uh, but, you know, but pit of me, you know, I'd like to still, there's some things that I, I like, and there's some, there's some, you know, there's some money that I got to give away to, to, to young people like, like Hank Aaron. It, it, that motivated me even more going to his services about how much he gave, you know, to help young people. And uh, um, um, so, you know, my wife still wants dual citizenship in in Canada, my wife's, you know, Filipino and I love Canada. I spent a lot of time in Canada. Actually, I think we had a conversation about, I went to Kelowna. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. you, have, you like
1: the Okanagan wines. Oh, I like the Okanagan. I, I, yeah, I had a good time. And I also like the Tri-Cities wine up in Washington. You know, and I went to Walla Walla. So, you know, I've, I've gone anywhere. Also, when I was in Washington, uh, they have a wine region in Northern Virginia. which, which Yes, which, yeah, which, Middleburg. Yeah, which I didn't know that... that you know that that was the first place where wines were, you know, were brought into this country. I, I guess yeah. uh, you know Thomas and uh, Thomas Jefferson, and and, and yeah. then he made some some um, um, uh, the original wines didn't make it. So what do you call it when you make a like you know make an offshoot like um, a hybrid? Grafted, yeah, a hybrid. Yeah, a hybrid. yeah. Now, talk about grafted. See, in my in, in my yard, I have a, a, a some grafted fruit trees. And uh, oh. oh yeah, and I got like a half mandarin, half lemon tree, and then I got a a a, a another tree that's a plum, nectarine, and a peach on it, and then I got a, a all on the same tree, and then what? Yeah, I swear
2: that sounds like a a cocktail tree, right? Well,
1: there. that's what it could be, oh. but see,
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's see.
1: And then I got another tree that's that's a half plum, half peach, and then um, that was designed and their and they're, they're supposed to be dwarfs, but they're 15 feet high, and so that was designed so I wouldn't have to pick up fruit all the time and waste the fruit. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and that, and and then you have fruit like almost all spring, off, uh, spring, summer, and fall because uh, the different fruits um, um, uh, blossom and get ripe at a different at different times. different time. Yeah, there you go, girl. You you a yes. farmer?
2: <laughs> I feel like I've I've learned so much just from talking to you today. Yeah. I feel like I could. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you can.
0: Um, I, I know uh, you know, Hank Hank Aaron's passing was was recent and uh we talked on the phone about the fact that he's not only a mentor but part of what you do with Baker Family Wines. I wonder if um if you have a story about drinking wine with Hank and how, you know, maybe that partnership got started.
1: Well, it got started years ago when I was a kid with the Braves, and he promised my mom when I was 18 that he would take care of me as if I was his son. And uh, I didn't really want to play baseball; I wanted to play basketball. And my dad had, had made me sign a letter of intent to go to Santa Clara to play basketball. And then my parents got divorced a couple months later. The economic spokes of the wheel were off, and, you know, and my dad had to get an apartment and. So I'm the oldest of five, and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. So I prayed on it. I said, Lord, what do I do? Because I played football, baseball, basketball, and track, and I had scholarships in all sports except baseball. I had none in baseball. And so uh, about two weeks before I was supposed to go to Santa Clara, the Braves, well, they had drafted me, and I prayed that the Braves – whatever whatever happened that the Braves wouldn't draft me because I didn't want to go to the south because that's when they were having uh riots and and you know uh, uh especially in the south they were hanging people they were burning churches and they're bringing out dogs and you know things that I saw on TV and um Lester Maddox and uh, George Wallace and you know like you saw everybody h rap brown and uh, martin luther king and um, uh, Malcolm X. I mean, and my mom being a black studies teacher, I was like, man, I don't want any part of that. And so that was the best thing that happened to me or else I wouldn't have met Hank Aaron. And, uh, and then Hank promised my mom that he would take care of me as if I was his son, if I signed. And he says, um, <clears throat> you guys, um, he says, if you have enough confidence in yourself to be in the big leagues by the time your class would have graduated from Santa Clara, then sign, if not, then go to school. And so through Hank Aaron, I got to meet, which I just came from, you know, his funeral. I got to meet, you know, Andrew Young and Ted Abernathy and, um, um, shoot, uh, Maynard Jackson. I mean, you name all black, you know, civic leaders, Jesse Jackson of our time, you know, through Hank Aaron. And so, um, getting back to your original question, Ralph Gar and myself were, were in charge when Hank was going for the record and we were in charge of, of of keeping him loose and making him laugh. And, you know, like, you know, the only time he had a drink was when we had an off day the next day or, I mean, he was so dedicated or if we had a, a day game followed by a night game. And so, you know, like I said, I wouldn't no heck with drinker, but I, I, I drink, you know, with, you know, with Hank and, and you know, he would drink wine sometime and he drank some rum sometime. And so, uh, and I didn't like rum cause rum, I got, I got sick of college off of rum <laughs> and, and bourbon. So I can't even, I can't even taste those. You can't even smell them. So anyway, um, you know, one of the, one of the most thrilling things, you know, is when Hank. Uh, you know, I took him to Opus one, uh, two years ago and, you know, he and his wife, Billy and Mr. Moorhead, his, his, his main man and his wife, Joyce, uh, we went to Opus one, had a great time. I think, oh man, they took, they, you know, they took great care of us. Uh, you know, we went in the cellar and Hank was in heaven. And so, um. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, he says, "Hey, man, I want to be part of your comp- company," and I'm like, "No, man, he, no, no, Hank, I don't need that pressure." He goes, "No, me, and Mr. Moorhead, you know, we want to be part of your company." But he says, uh, "Make me one promise. Can you make me a bold cab?" And I said, "Well, let me talk to to Chick." And then Mrs. Moorhead, she likes Pinot, and so now Chick has the dubious. Honor uh, of trying to satisfy her <laughs> <laughs> with the with the pinot. We sent her like three or four pinots. Oh, what, you, well, we sent her six P- different pinots. Oh, what do you think? You know what I mean? So, when I called Hank, and it's the first time I, I've known him for fifty something years, and this is the first time I've ever seen him emotional, and. I didn't know what to say you know what i mean it's like seeing your dad emotional thats that's kind of a hard hard butt you know and it's like he's like oh dusty i love you man this is this is the greatest man oh thank you thank you you <laughs> thank me over and over and, I, and and i was like and I was like man i mean that that did me you know more good to and chick you know to know that you know that hank was satisfied with his hank aaron 755.
0: And will you you'll continue that uh, even now that you know he's gone or yes
1: yeah 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 I mean definitely I mean yeah yeah I mean we'll continue it you know it, it was it, it was tough I mean that was the toughest thing that I've been through since my my dad and my and my brother passed so yeah
0: I'm sorry for your loss and thank you for sharing that story with us
1: no no worries
0: I uh, you mentioned your your 2000th win. Is sort of hopefully on the horizon, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and that you'd be the first African American manager to do that. What will that day be like? Who will you be thinking of? What will you do? Uh,
1: I'll be thinking of my dad, and I'll be thinking of 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 Hank, and also I'll be probably thinking of my son, who I'm hoping at that time, you know, will be in pro ball because uh, that's what he wants. You know, I mean, I mean, he wants it badly. And uh, he's like I said, he's playing at the University of California, Berkeley, and uh, you know he's like also saying, okay, Dad, you know, because my daughter, I think my daughter is leaning more towards the wine, and my son might be leaning more towards the the uh, the energy company. But Chick helped my son this year because my son had a had a class at Berkeley. A wine class at Berkeley, and I was, oh. I was so <laughs> I was so psyched. You know what I mean? When, when he came home, and he's like, "Oh, Dad, you know, he's tasting. He's, he's twenty one now, and so he's uh. I didn't tell him that I was tasting before twenty one, but he probably figured that out. <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, Dad, you know, the tannins are here, boom, 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 and you know, it's fruit forward." And I'm like, "Son, where you learn that?" He goes, "Oh, Chick's been helping me, and also." uh at school and so uh what? yeah yeah so he took it at the university of california berkeley i mean which which you know which impressed wow
2: me. i did not get to take wine classes in college for the record that was not an option yeah. <laughs> i would have <laughs> but i had to oh, yeah. drink it oh, on yeah. my own
1: <laughs> yeah i got you yeah on the job training was your was your thing right <laughs> yeah
0: exactly <laughs> so i'll i'll ask you a question we ask you know everyone sort of by the by the time we get to uh the, the end which glass have you drank more of during this podcast
1: probably the uh probably the cab
0: wow i would have put money on the Portfolio. zen
2: yeah me well too. no no me no too.
1: wait 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 okay look that's pretty uh, no it's yeah. that's pretty well that's pretty, those look pretty they're pretty even even pretty, to me yeah they are they're pretty even Okay, Pretty oh, even. you know something? No, you, no, you're right. I drink a little bit more of the, the Zen than I did the cab. All right. Okay, my question. Okay, my question to I, you. Yes. Okay, Nomar played for me. I love Nomar.
0: Oh, we love Nomar too. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, 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 I that was great. I'm, I'm telling you. Afternoon. I love Nomar. And uh, and his wife love my son because my son might have been. And Mia, uh, let's see, I uh, played for the Cubs. My son might have been six or seven at the time. And she used to, like, you know, hug Darren all the time. So, uh, so what was Nomar's wine of choice?
2: Oh.
0: For the podcast? Yeah. We drank the Riesling and we drank the Dalla Valle Kalina. Um, what did he drink more of? I think it was the. I think he drank more of the riesling because it was a hot day.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, it so was during he, the summer. Yeah. Okay, so he likes whites then.
0: Well, he likes I both. Think he likes both. yeah, okay. and but. I, I got to meet him and Mia when they came into press and oh, when I was working uh, in Napa and turned them on to one of their favorite wines, which is the the brand Brio a hmm. Cabernet from Napa Valley. Yeah. So I knew I knew him to drink red wine, but the reason we had selected the riesling for him. Was because his sort of epiphany moment was in Germany. He drank Rieslings for the first time when I think Mia was over there for uh, playing soccer, um, and he he went around to some of the vineyards there. So that's why we did the Riesling. But he is quite the connoisseur. I I had no idea how deep that guy. I have no idea. Some really fun stories. I have
1: no idea either. Because see, I started with you know with the more of the sweet whites, which 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 just came to my my brain. I started with the uh you know the Riesling, the uh you know Gewürztraminer, uh you mm-hmm. know you know the sweet whites. And so then I kind of graduated, you know, to the reds, but when I was in the uh the Okanagan Valley, you know, they grew a lot of Gewürztraminer up there. I mean, okay. and, mm-hmm. and uh man, okay. Okay, Nomar. Okay, I'm going to have to go home maybe so, and see what I got. So
0: maybe maybe you can corroborate his story. He mentioned when he, he was traded to the Cubs. Yes. Um, He mentioned one of his first days, and I've, I'm forgetting who the player was, but a player said, hey, Nomar, I heard you're like wine. And he brings him over and he opens up the locker where, like, you know, your shoes and, like, all <laughs> your stuff's supposed to be. And instead yeah. of all that stuff in there. He said there was wine. He was like, there was like Chapelet in there. Okay, so,
1: now see, I didn't see that. Do, so. do you know about, the, you don't no, know about this. No, see my, office, see, my office is upstairs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that doesn't shock me. I mean, that doesn't shock me at all. And, and see, Nomar <laughs> was one of the favorite guys that played for me. And I use I used Nomar as an example now that he took perhaps the best batting practice of all time. And I use that with my son. And he doesn't try to hit every ball out of the ballpark. I mean, he's there, moving the ball all around, hitting the ball back up the middle. Then he'll hit one out park, then he'll hit one to right field. And I, I told my son, "Hey, man, this is how you take, you know, batting practice." And um, uh, like I said, I, you know, I got him at the end after after Boston, and then he retired shortly after that. But I'm telling you, man. I mean, I mean, he's some kind of he's some kind of player.
2: Some what a serious guy. intellectual curiosity, yeah. too. I mean, I think Amanda and I were both really impressed yeah. with sort of yeah. how much he already knew, but that, you know, he's still on a on a mission to to learn more. <laughs> That's him. hey, he's a, you know, he he's doesn't a do a anything. Tip. Yeah,
1: he doesn't do anything. Mia doesn't either now. You know, you know, neither one of them, you know, do anything, um um, you know, to be second. Uh, so, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to tell him I did. Th- I'm going to did this show. And I was trying to trying to follow in his footsteps for a change. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. Would you so would you, you have
0: approved of the uh, of the wine in the locker had you known about it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, just as just as long as uh long as you don't open it before the game, number one. <laughs> and number two, just as long as you're not uh, you know, lamenting or celebrating after a game and, and then driving home drunk. You know what I mean? So yeah. Because you know you do that in baseball, you know, you know you celebrate after great victories, and then you, then you it's kind of a downer after a loss, and, and it's a and it's an everyday game. So 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 you could you could get drunk almost every day, you know what I mean? And that's the one thing that I try to that when I first took this job, I was told, do not drink in your room alone, okay? Because you're drinking after. Great victories, and you're drinking after terrible losses.
0: Do you drink with your players? Do you drink wine?
1: Yeah, yeah, I drink wine, but I, but like I tell you, I love wine, but I gotta I gotta watch how much wine I drink. Yeah, and so if anything,
0: the,
1: you know, are the players it, 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 curious? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, very. I mean, you know, I mean, last year in Houston, I, I think I ordered like seven or eight cases of wine, and guys would come in, you know, getting, you know, some guys would like a our, our, our prop white, you know, which is a blend or some, some guys would like our, uh, our newest one, Albarino, you know, they like that, you know, some of the Latin guys, they liked our Albarino and, uh, um, you know, I try to turn them on, you know, like I said, I, Give to them, hoping hoping they'll buy some, but they they, they haven't bought much. They they, they, just,
0: <laughs> they if just. any of you Houston Astros are listening. Time to buy some, uh, yeah, some cases, right? your so family
1: yeah. wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but they'll come in and take it. You know what I mean? But that's fine. <laughs> you know, like I'm 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 a, a free hearted guy, and uh, you know, I like to like to see people be happy.
2: So, do they look up to you? Do you think, in terms of your wine knowledge, are you their uh, wine yeah, guru?
1: I don't know. You know that that's. Uh asked me questions, embarrassing me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, have any of them not,
0: impressed you with with their wine knowledge? Oh yeah. Have, have any of them? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I got a, I got a few. Uh, you know that that are, that are impressed me. Probably number one was probably um, Jose Altuve. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, second baseman. I mean, he he got a pretty good idea. Carlos Correa has a pretty good idea uh, about it, um, and so. You know, last year I was only there 60 games and uh, it was abbreviated season. So this year, you know, I'll learn more about them and hopefully we'll have a full season.
2: And are are you basing that on on sort of how they describe the wines or, you know, when you say that they they get it or what are you basing that on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm basing that on, uh, you know, how they describe it, uh, which which ones they like, you know, Uh, it's like, hey, man, what's your preference? You know what I mean? and uh some of them tell me I like merlot but see, we don't have merlot you know what i mean and, uh, <laughs> and then they gave merlot a bad name in that movie you know what i'm saying Side <laughs> race. You <Yes>. know, yeah yeah <laughs> but but you know we have a new one that i think i'm going to drop it on them this year uh Amorous, you know um, oh you
0: mentioned this one to me this sounds really interesting yeah see, what is it i don't know that
1: well, it's a it's a it's a amarone um okay. you know which is like a uh uh, and it, Like an style. Yeah, Amarone yeah. style. It's just yeah. like Raisin Grape, I think they call it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. So it's, uh, I mean, I like it a lot. Uh, you know, it's a uh, notes of a, like a ripe strawberry, black cherry, and dried fruit kind of, you know? Yeah. So it's like a...
0: A hearty one. Yeah. Maybe not great for Houston, well, but probably good no, for the that, winter. No, that's
1: okay. And you know something? <laughs> I think we only have like 20 cases of it. You know what I mean? Well, that's
0: Twenty-five. Good. Well, t- it's difficult to make. It's not an easy wine or an expensive yes. wine to make for that. Well, matter. well,
1: you know something. I mean, I mean, we happen to, to make this by mistake. You know, Chip. Some uh, uh, of mean? the greatest Chip.
2: things have happened that way. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, most of my life, most of the best things have been made by mistake. You know what I mean? <laughs> and here I am, yes. and here I am. You know, so
2: here you are.
1: All well, right. this
0: has been. So, so much fun uh, for anyone listening. I mean, where can people find your wines, Dusty?
1: Uh, they can find it online, you know, uh, Baker Family. Delicious, yeah, by the way. Baker Family Wines. Really? OK, I mean, that's that's yes. that's impressive. That. Thank you. Don't lie to me now. OK, but, you know, that's my number one rule.
2: I heard you. You said that right off the bat. So, uh, <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, mean, I remember. Finesse is very diplomatic, but yeah. she would not lie.
1: Thank you so no. much. Cause see, that's it's important to me that, you know, something I bought this. That there was a player about 25 years ago, and he had, I'm not gonna mention his name, but he had a scotch. And, uh, it was the worst scotch I ever had in my life. I took like <laughs> two sips, and I like, man, I can't drink this rot gut. And so, um, I told Chick, I said, look, Chick, if we're going to put my name on this, okay, we might sell the first bottle because it has my name, maybe. But subsequent bottles, we got to sell it because it's good. And I says, well, you know, we're going to concentrate on quality versus quantity. And this is what I, this is, you know, what we've done. So thank you so much, Vanessa. <laughs> I'll see you girl. Thank you. Next time I see you, you I got a bottle for you. All okay?
2: right. I'm going to hold you to that. That's right. I'm in Napa. I can, I can right. drive over there right now.
0: <laughs> okay, well, come
1: on in. <laughs> All right.
2: That's right. And people can
0: come visit the tasting room, right? And, yes. And-
1: yeah, they can come visit the tasting room. You know, like we've kind of outgrown the tasting room where we started. And so yeah. what we did, we, uh, we uh, got the uh, building next door, cut a hole in the wall, and then uh, Bike Dog, which is a brewery, like I told you. Uh, yeah, we're sharing a space with, you know, with Bike Dog. And uh, this it's helped them, and it's helped us because a lot of times, you know, the guys come in want to drink beer, and the and and the and the ladies come in and want to drink wine, and so and then they end up liking, yeah, or vice versa, yeah. So it's like, hey, come on down. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, the more the merrier. I love it. Yeah, That's and right. and California is, is starting to open back up. I, I yeah. don't know when this podcast will be released, but. Yeah, um, yeah. Please, please support yeah. local business and and the wineries. Well, we don't uh, know either. In.
1: And you know, I mean, one time it was open, period, uh, indoor and outdoor. Then then Chick called me this summer and it was closed completely. And then it was it was back open, outdoor. So you know, it's uh, you know, we're gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna make it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll look forward to cheering you on this season with the astros hopefully well it, it, do you have the potential to get to your 2000th game this year or would it have to be in the subsequent season
1: it would have to be if we played a full season last year and this year i'd have made it no sweat so the, then i got yeah. a decision to make at the end this okay now who's your team the phillies or the giants
0: don't worry about it well, yeah i want to know <laughs> it's <the Houston> astros.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay what about you vanessa who's your team
2: you know, um my husband's from Cleveland. Okay. So yeah. And so, so and so,
1: so I was pulling for the Cleveland Browns. I I, I you know what I mean? Uh it's, it's like, you know, Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield.
2: Yeah. There well, you know, Cleveland. There's a lot of heartbreak in and uh and being a Cleveland fan, but Yeah, there is. But you know
1: something? <laughs> Cleveland has one of my best uh, um all time favorite uh museums is uh Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, that's a great museum. Uh, See, I don't know what to call the team because I think they're renaming it. Right? They're going to be the Spiders or the the baseball. Aren't they aren't they renaming the team? I
1: do not know. Thanks thanks for the tip. The Spiders.
2: It, yeah. Why? Yes. Uh...
1: Why has Cleveland got a lot of spiders in it?
2: <laughs> I think it was their original name. Really? I I I, ab- I object to this because I I'm not afraid of many things but I'm definitely afraid of spiders. So this is uh this is not a good move on uh, on on uh uh my well, uh, <laughs> i think they were or that or, or the rockers because of the reason that you yeah, just said because of that amazing cool. museum the rock and roll hall thing yeah i think the cleveland rockers that has a good yeah. that has a good vibe I now. they're yeah.
0: being they're being renamed for the same reason that the washington uh, I football don't know team is now, yeah yeah, I think yeah.
1: yes i agree with that because i spend a lot of time with the cheyenne indians up in uh, montana and uh, mm-hmm. you know those are my people too so you can tell i got a lot of people You do. I I think you have (laughs) a lot of friends,
0: Dusty. I think, like, regardless of the wine, I think you got a lot of friends around the around the world. Mm -hmm.
1: So,
2: all right, we're happy
0: to be in your company. All
2: right. Well, I can certainly see why, because it's been so much fun. You're you're just a a joy to talk to, and and full of inspiration and great stories. So, I know I know Amanda feels the same. But this has been such a wonderful hour to spend with you. So, thank you. Well,
1: thanks for having us on. Okay.
0: Pleasure. Thank you, guys.
1: I'll see you down the road.
0: All right, well, that was a conversation worthy of a new year with a breath of fresh air and a really, really interesting, fun guy. I had no idea we were going to talk about the things that we did today.
2: Well, same, and, and, you know, sometimes heading into these podcasts, you know, we – Know certain things about these people. They have such amazing, impressive backgrounds and resumes. but what what always surprises and delights me is then when you get kind of up uh, to hear their their behind the scenes stories and really get to get a sense of who they are. And what I walked away with today was he's accomplished so much, but he's just really sort of the most humble, gracious, kind of just mellow guy. I just kind of want to hang out <laughs> with him and <laughs> listen to him, tell me stories all day. <laughs>
0: And it doesn't feel like he's going to stop. Like, I think you had asked the question about, you know, will you retire? And he was like, no, nah, I can't, can't see
2: happen. it. I, <laughs> I felt like I had to ask, but I think I knew what the answer was going to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad that he mentioned Nomar and also has the same love for Nomar that we have.
2: Yes, because that was definitely a fun podcast that would brought back some some great memories of that conversation with, with Nomar, who was... So just curious about wine, so knowledgeable, and but really just like has that sort of hunger to to keep learning, which I know that that you and I both really appreciate.
0: Totally, yeah. No, he he, Nomar was wonderful, and I Dusty was great. He he was so different and so and curious in a completely different way, and. This is sort of the beauty of the podcast that I'm enjoying so much is that none of them have been the same. I mean, mm-hmm. to your point, we go into this with uh, with some research. You know, we talk to the guests, or Laura generally talks to them on, on our behalf. I'll do some internet research. And then, I don't know, I kind of just like throw my notes out the door and just we start talking and drinking, and here we are. And speaking of drinking, uh, last drops, we had two very delicious wines today, the 2015 Portfolio Limited Edition from Napa Valley and the 2018 William Salium Zinfandel.
2: Uh, Any thoughts on either of these wines? Definitely thoughts on both. I mean, as you mentioned during the podcast, the Zinfandel from William Salium is not something that that um I think is the first thing that people think of, certainly not me. I, I think of Pinot Noir. And so it's such a great sort of just reminder that they're 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 fantastically talented at at making this beautiful sort of California grape as well. So I loved this Infandel, but you know, portfolio also just knowing um, you know, Genevieve's history in the valley with Robert Mondavi and 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 Opus One, I thought that was really special to taste. And, you know, I, I used to see her at the gym and, uh, and I would get sort of like starstruck (laughs) because she's just an amazing historic figure in Napa. Um, so to, to, you know, share a space with her for me was even was, was really special.
0: Ah, uh, the beauties and the joys of living in Napa Valley and <laughs> exactly. going to the gym with really, really famous winemakers. Um, that's just sort of our lives now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the for me, the portfolio really harkened back to early days of Napa Valley winemaking the 60s and 70s really has a, an old school feel to it. Um, you know, not to get super geeky, but I felt like the Cabernet Frog in this wine really kind of showed through, and I, which I love. I'm kind of on a franc kick right now. Uh, and interesting to taste it next to the Zinfandel, which is... You know, I think Zinfandel is one of those grapes for me that um, I don't generally gravitate to because it's it's often very, very fruity. You know, I think it has some of the funniest descriptors in the, in the wine vernacular. Like I know people always refer to it as being like peach yogurt and like very grapey. Um, you know, two things <laughs> I think are just hilarious. Um, but I have to say like this was one of the more serious Zinfandels that I've had in a long time. And I really, really enjoyed it. So I think for people that are looking for the best of both worlds in the way of Simbiddle, which is a delicious grape, uh, I I should mention, you know, it's, it's, we sort of call it America's grape, um, hilariously again, because not,
2: it's another story, Amanda,
0: um, but, (laughs) but a, a delicious wine and another story, it's a different podcast. We don't do those kinds of things here. Um, but yeah, I, I thought both were delicious. I will say I think the, the lower of the two glasses right now as far as uh volume is definitely the portfolio. So that was probably my favorite.
2: Got it. I'm about even just like Dusty. Yeah. About even in both like glasses. You're so, so diplomatic. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, you had a third glass too. Have- I did. And I had Baker Family Wines, his Russian River Walk Off Red, which is um, Zin and Syrah. And I have to say, very, very tasty. And I'd never had this wine before today. So I love discovering new things.
0: Yeah, an interesting blend. Not one we often hear of outside of like Oren Swift. Um, well, we had a wonderful time today talking with Dusty. Vanessa, where can people find wines like Portfolio, and William Salium Zin? We know they're not going to be available forever because they're a tiny production. But can they find them somewhere?
2: These are small production but you know you can. You can find them at WineAccess.com. And if you want to follow us on social, we're at wineaccess on Instagram or the Wine Access Experience on Facebook.
0: Yeah, you guys do so much great video content there and also... I uh, recently just started doing some Instagram exclusives. I know actually this William Stallion Zinfandel was one of them. So some of the things that you guys get in tiny quantities that, um you know, don't always have a lot to go around. It'll be offered on Instagram and it's sort of like a first come, first serve, slide into those DMs and get it while you can. So exactly, a, a exactly, program. pays to to pay
2: attention. Yes, you might <laughs> have a, a couple of little- just hidden gems float, float by your, uh, your yeah. screen there. So, <laughs> and
0: for those of you who, who've been listening to us, we really appreciate your support throughout these, uh, these past few months that we've been launched. If you want to show your support, we'd certainly appreciate a review, preferably five-star, uh, a subscribe would be great. And then you can also follow us on Instagram at wine access unfiltered and on Twitter at wine access pod. Um, beyond that I've got nothing else to say other than it's going to be a great year with great wines and great company I think
2: yeah some fantastic guests and I can't wait to uh drink our way through these podcasts
0: (laughs) heck yeah (laughs) all right well cheers Vanessa I'll see you soon all right cheers